Hello. Good afternoon or morning or evening. Hello. And here we are. I'm with Chris. Goddamn Ryan. I'm here with literally Sarah Gall and we are bringing you Chris and Sarah Where Where the the Pants. What a treat to be here drinking coffee with you on such a drizzly cold afternoon. Oh, honestly, I couldn't imagine anywhere better Mm. to be. Big fan. Big fan of a coffee on a cold arvo. You've got a blanket. I do have a blanket. I'm I'm dressed like... (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not a visual medium, as our listeners keep reminding us. Yeah. But I'm dressed like the grandma from Little Red Riding Hood, don't you think? Oh, my God. I I would never have seen it before, but now I can't unsee it. Yes. big, ugly, woolly jumper with a floral dress that is like an 80s curtain. You really are dressed Mm. like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm dressed <laughs> in pants, obviously. Um, two pairs of socks, sandals with spikes on them because my feet are cold and these are my mm. inside sandals. And two jumpers. Yeah, it's, as I said, I run. One of my friends yesterday was just like, I figured out why you always wear dresses in winter because you said on the podcast that you run hot. Yeah, she does run hot, yep. people. I'll confirm. Emotionally and yes. physically. Yes. How are you, Chris? Uh, I'm a little bit tired. We had a rather large evening last night. I feel and like <laughs> we did last podcast as well. It was oh, yeah. so delightful. Mm. I've just got back from a two-week tour of regional New South Wales with the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. So, um, Congrats. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be home for more than one night, mm. you know. So I'm just uh, doing things and that make me feel home, like chores, mm-hmm. like uh, cooking and Drinking tea from home, making, you know. Things women should be doing. Things that women, yeah, (laughs) things that I really should be doing as a good woman. Um, (laughs) What about you, Sarah? What you been up to? I, um, I've been uh, writing my show for next year and doing a lot of reading. Oh, God. Mm. Just like books from the library. I just, I'm quite a regular there now. I know. Everyone who's listened to this in any way would know now. It's just they're free. It's yeah. crazy. Mm. It's crazy. I uh, read – I wanted to tell you about one book that I read just because mm. I've, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, so I read these really heavy books a couple of weeks ago and then I read a garbage rom-com uh, just to clear the palate. You know when you read or watch something really oh, yeah. heavy, you're like, I actually can never read a book again. But this book I read last week is called Kim Ji Young, Born 1982. It's by an author called Cho Nam Ju and translated by Jamie Chang. And it's literally quite a – like I read it in about two hours. It's just a very small book. I think mm. it's been adapted into TV or something. And it's literally about a 33-year-old uh, woman who lives in South Korea. And it's just a very matter-of-fact story of her life. And at every turn, the fact that she's a woman holds her back or is an obstacle. At oh. every matter-of-fact turn in her life, when she's a kid, her job is to support her brother, who's going to be the breadwinner of the family. When she goes to uni, when she goes into the workforce, people don't take her seriously because they know she's going to have a kid soon. Then she has a kid because that's what you're supposed to do, then gets married, and then she sort of has this psychotic breakdown. And I just keep thinking about it. It's just such a great yeah. book. Oh, wow, okay. It's just a whole story of someone's life from when they're tiny to when they're literally oh. my age. Um, and all the things that sort of stood in their way. Uh, fiction or, or autobiographical? So uh, fiction, but the author has said it is largely based on her life. Mm. 
powerful. I've mm. often held secret dreams of writing a story about my life, but who cares? It takes a lot of boldness to go, someone should hear this shit, don't well, you reckon? I mean, we make people sit for an hour and listen to us. Oh, yeah, but we try and make them laugh as That's a little true. bit of a silver lining to yeah. having to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I always think that. I'm just like, why do I make people listen to Yeah, why do you have to come to this? Mm. I actually have just started to break into promoting fucking – God, I hate the promotion aspect of Mm. fucking everything. I also hate the aspect of having to do stuff for free all the time. What are you talking – like, what is this? Comedy. Okay, uh, we've chosen to be comedians, allegedly. Mm -hmm. And And I know that we should shut – I should definitely shut up. But what I – I want to have a sook. Can I have a whinge and a sook? Of course you can. Well, I filmed in my 2019 show mm-hmm. and put that up on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Big Hair, Big Dreams. And you it's on get- my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I got funding from the ACT government during COVID to film that, which was really great, mm-hmm. um, a home front grant from Arts ACT. And that, so that's up for free for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. And it's had like 22,000 views, which is not enormous in the grand scheme of the internet, but mm-hmm. it's pretty, you know, it's okay for me. But if what? you're listening to the podcast, pause the podcast, go to your YouTube, look up that special, which is mm-hmm. called Big Hair, Big Dreams. Save it for watch later so you can go and enjoy it tonight or whenever you have the time. Thank you, Sarah Gore. So that's for free, right? And then I chop that up into tiny little clips mm-hmm. and I put that up for oh. free mm-hmm. on social media mm-hmm. to point people to watch that. Mm-hmm. Then we do this podcast for free. We promote this podcast, make an animation for free. Mm-hmm. Then we, um, you know, we do a lot of stuff free, mm-hmm. don't we, Sarah? We do. And and now I am trying to sell tickets to a show, mm-hmm. which is my busy, my 2023 show, Busy, mm-hmm. which I'm filming at the Newcastle Comedy Club on the 22nd of July. Best venue in the world. Yeah. And I'm trying to flog the guts out of tickets to that. I today have been sitting down researching Newcastle women's groups and just mm-hmm. free uh, emailing um, and just saying, hi, look, it's just me, you know, behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz style. Could you please come to my show? And no, I can't give you free tickets because everything I do for, is for free. Yeah. You know, um, I guess I'm just in a, that headspace at the moment. I don't know what to say about it except I just needed to get it out. Well, I think the goal is it's working towards something that is eventually not free. I think every mm. – the unfortunate thing is every – uh, in the arts especially because yeah. it's not valued so much, which literally I have some gorgeous listener feedback and this actually okay. feeds exactly into Aww. something that one of our listeners said, uh, which I'll read in a sec. Um, but because the like labor around the arts is considered not as valuable, mm. um, there is so much free work until it's not. You know, I think there's like you, there's a flip switched at some point where mm. hopefully then that's what obviously everyone's sort of working towards that at some point it's all going to pay off. Yeah. And I think you kind of have. I mean, obviously that's what I hope Mm. and believe, but it it makes you cross a bit because. Oh, for sure. But I mean, also I don't want to go to a regular job that pays superannuation. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I guess I'm just being a little miserable pain in the ass. I don't think so. (laughs) I feel that way today. (laughs) At least I haven't brought a story about animals (laughs) today. So you can't can't take out your bad mood on the animals in the story that I tell. Don't expect me to love dogs today. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen any day, but especially, especially not today. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Well, we have had, and I've got to say, we have 
the best listeners who have messaged and emailed us all sorts of things from our podcast. And I did just want to say, if you haven't yet heard something that you messaged us or emailed us, fear not. We have a little uh, pile and they're all so good that we're going to get through them episode by episode. Um, But if that's okay with you, Chris, I'm going to share um, some uh, thoughts from our listeners. Uh, This is from a listener, Jackie. Um, And I've also got to say, sorry, I'm sort of jumping around here, but uh, the episode where at the top I talked about the sound guy who uh, was like, oh, I laughed about three times and then said that I got cut on your behalf. Yeah. A lot of people who listen got really cut too. Yeah. One listener described him as a dick cheese. <laughs> I hope he hears that. <laughs> and another, there is there is no chance that he's mm. listening. And one of the listeners just gave him a name and was like, he sounds like a Gary. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so lots of people cut about that. Um, but listener Jackie said, I hate myself for knowing this, but apparently millennials need thinking three times a day and Gen X and older need thinking one time a year. This came up at a meeting last week. Uh, that aside, what the fuck is with the sound guy? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that is fair. Uh, also from Jackie, uh, Sarah, you can't swim below a shark. Everyone knows you have to punch it in the face. <laughs> marine biologist. That's a so marine good. biologist. And finally, and I think most pertinently, re-sponsorship. Uh, and this is from all the way back in our second episode, oh, yeah. uh, which still comes up a lot. Uh, sponsorship. Maybe the local sole trader is aiming a bit low. The local chicken Belgium. shops. I disagree. I think, the, I think our, that's exactly our level at the moment. I want them to cater out Everything. our sessions. Um, and as for Mecca, makeup is very visual and you are a podcast, which you can't argue with. Wise insights there from Jackie. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you, Jackie. Uh, from Naomi. The sound guy uh, is an insult dick cheese who needs to suck a fart. <gasps> oh, whoa, <laughs> with Naomi. With <his> comments. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say Naomi or Naomi. Oh, Naomi. It's probably up to Naomi. Naomi. I know Naomi. I know, I know only Naomi's. Yeah. Um, and then this is uh, feeding into exactly what you were saying before. Naomi very wisely said, if a performance is less than 50 bucks a ticket, you're getting the bargain of a lifetime. Our arts community is seriously undervalued in this country. Well, that's very supportive. I mean, I have to disagree with her on some aspect. There have been shows I've seen for less than 50 bucks that definitely were worth less than 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've performed in those shows. <laughs> You're like, oh, I wouldn't pay five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's very, I really appreciate that yeah. sentiment and that's true. Because as we were literally saying last night, because we we're hanging out with some comedians, that when you're paying for a comedian, you're not just paying for that hour, you're paying for the years and years yeah. of work that yeah. goes into it as well. And finally, to end, right before we get into your article, I really love this. Naomi's big pants moment was listening to my, Sarah, uh, excellent reasoning about people using the word like. It used to be my pet hate, and then I heard what Sarah had to say, realising I was wrong, and got over myself. Sometimes the pants moments are learning that you are not always right, Gary. <laughs> Wow. Mm. Naomi's a very evolved human being. Um, I know. Naomi would probably host a better podcast. Oh, my God, definitely. <laughs> Just let us know what it is, Naomi. I won't listen to it, but you can. <laughs> Chris, and that's not that's not a slight on you, Naomi. Chris, I as listen. she said from the beginning, does not listen to podcasts. Oh, I mean, I listen, listen to, to some. You, dare, you mm. did, and I do 
occasionally listen to Modern Love, which mm. is just stories of love mm-hmm. in different manifestations, which I find quite interesting. Well, thank you for that feedback, everybody. We re- appreciate that. I love it. I love that um, once we got some um, negative ones, you were just like, I'm going to stop asking for feedback. But yeah. everything that comes through now is so interesting. Yeah. And it's like, well, people send us photos of stuff they're doing. I love it. It's cool as. It's great. It's and, very, and very it's, cool. It's actually better. It, in some ways better than getting paid um you know no it's not okay it's it's you know it's still really nice because otherwise we just feel like we're just doing this into the ether so thank you yeah absolutely and please uh chris and sarah weatherpants at gmail.com or at chris and what's our instagram handle at chris and sarah weatherpants yeah i think something like that yeah you'll Uh, find us yeah you can get us there we love to hear from you thanks team so i'm gonna start off our weekly uh article observations (laughs) a chat show what? Our chat show. Our little chat show. So 25th of July, 1935, ABC Weekly. I do find the ABC Weekly, which is our national broadcaster's, uh, you know, I don't know, magazine that they had back then, has a couple of interesting observations. And and this one really, to me, uh, intrigued me because we are women in broadcasting, whether we like it or not now, Sarah. Accidentally, we have stumbled across this uh, calling. This is a letter to the editor that's entitled Women Announcers. Mm. Okay, and I'll just read it out. It's quite short. Quote, I mostly agree with Michael Horder's review of broadcasts, but I must protest against his remarks on women announcers. This was from an an article back in 1953 in the July edition. While I agree with him where commercial announcers are concerned, I must disagree with him when it comes to the ABC Women's Session. Many men, both commercial and ABC, could take a lesson from the voices of Ida Elizabeth Jenkins and Mrs Mellion. Most of the speakers who appear in this session have voices that I find very easy to listen to. Certainly, there are many women's voices I cannot tolerate, but plenty of male voices are equally annoying. Here, commercial announcers are the biggest offenders. (laughs) (laughs) But several ABC announcers are close behind although their diction is faultless to the point of lifelessness. <laughs> Fuck, this still stands, I'm quite sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, God, this could be an email to us. I know. As for Mr Horder's remarks that women should not broadcast at all, spare me from the day when we are doomed to hear nothing but the male of the species, especially giving talks on women's affairs. Preach. This is by Mrs Yvonne Rolfe, Bardwell Park, New South Wales. Oh. How... Fucking cool is that letter to the editor? Is that in response, just yeah. so I'm clear, to an article where someone was like, women th- are shrill and crap to listen to? Yeah, I think it was a re- response to Michael Horder's review of broadcasts, which was published in the... I see. You know, so this is a letter to the editor mm. response. And I don't know what Yvonne's like calling was. We have nothing. I have no way of knowing what she is. But I did look up Elizabeth um, Jenkins, who she... M- mentioned Ida Elizabeth Jenkins and turns out she was the only female broadcaster allowed to cover the Queen's visit Um, and then went on to like create this really popular women's session ABC like um, regular uh, broadcast thing nationally Mm -hmm. and and he's just this icon and I just went down this massive rabbit hole of uh, women broadcasters in Australia because I guess, you know. What did you find? Well, it was like she create, She started out, this Elizabeth Jenkins, she started out making like a children's program mm. and she would actually get the best Australian writers and 
poets to read stuff. And so she actually like created this whole new genre, I guess, for kids radio on Mm -hmm. the ABC. And then she got asked to create the women's session thing. And basically at the time, um, because then I found some like ANU like research, I'm going to use the word research papers about it and stuff. At the time, like in the 50s and stuff, there was a bit of a threat to women broadcasting, like women programs, because serials were getting very popular. Mm-hmm. And so like people reading out drama plays or, you know, like serials, literally. Radio plays. Yeah, radio plays w- would take the time that were pre- previously dedicated to women's programming mm-hmm. and because like I guess the producers at the top just went, ah, women can just have this. They'll probably just want to listen to this anyway. But there was a real movement about like getting women and they used to say things like out of the kitchen sink into cultural affairs and thinking about being a citizen of Australia and thinking about politics and things like that. And women broadcasters were critical to doing that. And um, I don't know, I just love, um, I love the sassy, don't, you know, don't fucking write me a program criticising, don't, don't criticise all the women broadcasters in Australia, mate, with your stupid little article. Um, I love that in the letter to the editor. It still stands today because I dare say a lot of the radio stations might get similar things. It's like I don't like listening. She's shrill and hysterical uh, and and overly emotional on air. Yeah. Uh, I don't like listening to it. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I love it. It's good, isn't it? But also, and this this leans on the the picture that we have painted for ourselves in the previous episodes of this period in history. If we know that women are home a lot, being homemakers, mm. surely they're going to be have the radio on around the house and surely they would make up a massive percentage of listeners. So surely it then sort of leads to wouldn't they – wouldn't something like Women's Hour naturally be very popular and wouldn't they want more programming like that rather yeah. than less? That's what I'm confused about. Yeah, yeah. So this Jenkins woman um, – she helped create like Mondays were for talks on homemaking and travel. Tuesdays featured family advice and a book review. Mm-hmm. This is actually reading a little bit like our fucking podcast. <laughs> you know, like, um, Wednesdays featured talks by a female doctor and an interview with the guest of the week. This is great. This is a sick program, yeah, right? This is actually really, really <laughs> cool. Thursdays had talks on cooking and child rearing. Less interesting. Yeah, but, not. But sure. I don't really want to hear that. And Fridays featured talks on gardening and fashion. <laughs> I'm into that. No, actually, genuinely fashion, into that. Friday fashion. What a great fucking. I love that. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so she's sort of this um, uh, groundbreaking sort of voice in broadcast. Is that sort of yeah. what I'm getting? Yeah, and mm. she was really focused on um, getting women to, like, contribute to the public discourse, not just um, consume but to mm. be part of the voice on the airs. And, um, I love that. That's powerful. Yeah, and, and, and to treat women as, like, active citizens rather mm. than just consumers yeah. of audio, you mm-hmm. know. So it's pretty fucking cool. Um, and I just, I just thought how funny it was that it sounded so much like a few of those topics, right? We mm. we do cover like book review, like we talk about what books we've read and oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I kind I feel like I kind of forced that. I in, like that it, though. Did you know that I go to the library? Um, but, <laughs> um, um, now I'm actually looking up something, Chris, that yeah. I really want to know. Good. Um, in relation to this, and I'm trying to do it really quietly so you don't hear me. Yeah, that's tip- okay. Tapping away in the background because what I want to know is of the top commercial radio in. Um, 
uh, like for example, New South Wales where we are, mm. I want to know. Uh, what, yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm very because cu- they I'm actually very these articles. Once I went down this rabbit mm. hole, it started talking about the difference between commercial radio and ABC, and in mm. some ways, it was saying commercial radio was less prescriptive about women what they could do and be on on air which mm. which I found quite intriguing because I thought the ABC was always ahead of the game on that stuff but turns out the ABC was quite conservative um, really? back in the day yeah like well yeah I mean you'd have to read all this stuff and it, I know we're not a history program guys but I just get kind of mildly interested in this stuff and I ex- think you need to apologize mm. and make excuses for being interested in it because I think we started off being like this is a comedy podcast and also there'll be articles but yeah. Week on and week on, we've kind of got further into... We get into. quite interested in the history yeah. of it, to be honest. Uh, and if you're interested, I do have the, just as an uh, an overview, the current radio ratings where we are. This, I think this is just in Sydney. But So you've got 2GB, Ben Fordham and Chris O'Keefe. Uh, uh, then you've got Kiss, Kyle and Jackie O, Will and Woody. You do have Jackie O in there. Uh, then you've got Smooth FM, Bogart Torelli. God, that's a good name. And Ron mm. Wilson. Uh, we have Jonesy and Amanda. Amanda's there. Fits in Whipper with Kate Ritchie, Ricky Lee, Tim and Joel. I have mm-hmm. – so – Are there any female comedians broadcasting in those popular – like they're not comedians, any of those women? Uh, not not that I'm aware of, no. No. Uh, so you've kind of – I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say. Good. But, I hope it is. But what I'm seeing is uh, here's this broadcast team of two men and also this woman. Yeah, you know she's what I mean? going to laugh at our shit. Exactly. that's her job. Not, I'm not saying – I'm sure those women are, like, very talented. I'm sure, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know them. I don't listen to commercial radio. But it's overwhelmingly um, – Two blokes and a chick. Two, or just two blokes. Yeah. Mm. Always has been. So what I'm saying is uh, Chris and I are available. <laughs> yeah, like if, if you run a commercial radio program, guys, um, hit us up on Chris and Sarah Wear the Pants <laughs> at gmail.com. What would your commercial radio voice be? I used to do this with one okay, do it. all the time. Uh, okay, so okay. it's um, uh, coming up. We've got Katy Perry. Uh, but first up, we're going to go to the Go-Gurt van to see where it is. They're giving away free Go-Gurt all day for you. And then later on, we have uh, Michael Buble oh. in the studio having a chat about his top five favourite. Oh, wow. You are mm. so good at improv. Like, I wouldn't know what to say. Okay, if I have to start right now. Yeah. Hi, but you're with, what? You, but like, really, like over the top. If I have, if I have any advice, yes, really over the top, yeah. over the top. Mm. Hi, you're with Chris and Sarah. Wear the pants, and I'm talking with a <laughs> smile on my face because it sounds like that when you listen to it. It sounds like I'm smiling. It sure and, does, Chris. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just so happy to be here with you guys today. <laughs> and uh, the Black Thunder uh, is giving out free cordials. <laughs> Headache. <laughs> Just from that little Yes, I had I think, a headache. I think that was a good audition, though. Do you reckon? I, reckon I could definitely good. turn it down or up, depending on what. Um, the figure is at the end of the day. Don't they just give away a lot of cash? Yeah. yeah. We've got $20,000 cold on cash to give away, guys. I accidentally listened to commercial radio. I went to my physio the other day and there was commercial radio on and I swear there was like three cash giveaways in my one appointment. Yeah. I was like, oh, you could probably just spend a lot of time on the phone and make a bit of money. I mean, imagine if we could do cash giveaways. People would probably listen in a bit more. (laughs) As you keep telling me, this isn't live because I keep trying to get people to phone in. I know. And you're like, it's not. We don't even have a telephone that's publicly available. <laughs> Certainly, you're not getting my mobile. 
<laughs> and if you do, <laughs> turn it off. If you do, I'm not answering. Yeah, I'm I, don't d- answer, I don't answer calls. It. Full stop. I know. I straight up don't answer calls. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. That's a terrible millennial trait. Yeah. Leave a message or I'm not calling you back. I've watched you answer calls from unknown numbers. It's, it's like the fucking, I usually regret it's it. wild west. It is the wild west. It's, I, it's, it's like my version of like an old person getting a scam. Yeah. Yeah. You reckon you'd get scammed? Look, I mean, if by answering the call they're in my system and <laughs> emptying my bank account, yes. That, that whole thing <laughs> gives, already gives scam. Yeah. So if you're listening, Big scam energy. Chris and Sarah wear the pants at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, Whatever us, it takes. Send to... us a scam by email. Chris will probably <laughs> click on the link. <laughs> <laughs> and oh I, will tell her, I will tell her afterwards that she shouldn't have clicked shouldn't on the link. Shouldn't have done that. Um, oh, my God. What about in the early days when we got that email from a person that said they were involved in de- setting up? The dark web. Do you remember that? Oh, no, I don't. Oh my god! How oh, could we've you? Got know? A few scams, haven't we? Yeah, I don't know if that was a scam. That was just a strange person giving us weird feedback. We got our first. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, we also got our first um, uh, content uh, creation. Oh yeah. Email that was mm. great. From like, oh yeah, it was like a solar charger. Yeah, we got asked to um, s- sort of stand in a photograph with a solar charger that would charge our phones remotely <laughs> fucking when we're in the desert, and which were, happens every day. But you were like, it's a real company. I'm like, yeah, and it's shit. <laughs> but um, as for like just going back to this article oh, sorry, to finish really up. No, 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 there. don't be sorry at all. Never be sorry. Um, I think, you know, the – I just still think that, that people are much more comfortable giving feedback on women's content than men, 100%. you know, and I mm-hmm. think that if we were two blokes doing a podcast, I don't reckon there'd be that many people giving us feedback. To be fair, we asked for it. Yeah, I and, know. We're and idiots. also most of the people emailing us are women. Are lovely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, but yeah. but also like, yeah, I don't know that – oh, yeah, maybe. Okay. No, maybe I don't have a point. I think your point stands. I think like yeah. my, in my experience. Yeah. Uh, Between we, when you were a man and a woman. Yeah. No, but like <laughs> as, as someone who has existed as a woman for yeah. 33 point Something four years, years mm. uh, people aren't shy. About giving feedback, like comedy being the main thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. I remember, I remember there was one particular gig where a guy, like we'd sort of, everyone, everyone did pretty well, sort of went for a drink at the pub afterwards. And someone who was a guy who was in the audience, like a middle-aged sort of guy, not a comedian, sat, and I need you to picture this. So we were sitting at like kind of a picnic table style thing. He sat, leant on the table next to ours, crossed his arms, and then went around the table one by one. Giving us notes. Feedback. Mm-hmm. What fun. Imagine doing that. And to be fair, everyone got feedback. It wasn't gender specific. <clears throat> um, but he was like, oh, I was having a bit of a think about your, uh, you know, oh you, but you did. And I reckon if we like, if we reworked that and someone was like, who the fuck <gasps> who are the you? Who the fuck actually are you? Yeah. No, no one knew, just an audience member. How amazing. Can you imagine going up, sitting, leaning on a table, crossing your arms and being like, all right, fellas. Do you know what? There is a there is room for that, and you know it's in a reality TV like sp- spoof show, like where mm-hmm. we film, you know, secretly. It's like a candid camera type That's thing. True. That would be funny as hell. Genuinely going up to a table of comedians and earnestly giving feedback, exactly. and just see what happens. That not, would be no funny. One asked. Yeah, no, yeah, that would be actually great. That but would to do funny. it in real life without a camera following you for a joke show, mm-hmm. absolutely. Not. <laughs> and to be fair, I'm not above feedback, but I just like. I have people that I would absolutely go to. take notes from, go to, run gear past, and then that's sort of... Absolutely. 
Yeah. And that's as it should be. Absolutely. And I, I do value our listeners, to be honest. I, I'm, Very much. I'm glad that they write to us and I want the feedback and we are trying to improve things that we think we can improve upon. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we're just doing our thing and we're not trying to change the world. We're just doing a podcast, guys. We are. And it is free. And we're all accidentally learning things, I think. I know. I'm enjoying that part. I, so hope, I hope everyone else is too. Absolutely. All right. I think it's time for a cup of tea and your article, Sarah Gore. Let's do it. On. And we're back. That was great. I love a good. I love a feisty letter to the editor. <laughs> uh, well, do I have an article for you? And this is once Can't again. Wait. I just want you to know that, like, you know how I have a fascination for those charming stories on like page two. Yep, I've got another one of those because I just really love it. I love those. This it really really tickled me. This one. So this is from. I'm back on my women's weekly bullshit. So this is from. <laughs> It's just the best. I'm back on the Women's Weekly. This is from the 12th of January, 1946. And this is from page 15. So we're a little deeper in the issue than usual. Uh, And this is uh, called, it's kind of an article, kind of a story. Um, I believe one would call this potentially an editorial. Right. Uh, This is called I Stayed Home by Betty Nesbitt. Okay. And it's quite a long article. So I'm going to read the first part and then I have summarized the middle part. Okay. An economical holiday has its disadvantages. Why don't you spend your holidays at home this year? Everyone said, you've got a comfortable flat. You live in one of the best seaside resorts. Why don't you stay at home? It's summertime. They all pointed out that if I went to a guest house, the maids would probably be overworked and cross and I'd have to make my own bed anyhow. Besides, they said, look at all the money you'll save. After madly scanning the holiday vacancies ad for several weeks, I decided they were quite right. The trains were always too crowded at this time of year, and I did live near a surfing beach that I just had to, uh, uh, I just had to tumble out of the front gate into the sea. Sounds like luxury real estate there. Besides, it would be nice to have the leisure to do all the things I never have time to do as a hardworking girl. And for context, uh, this person lives with her two parents and her sister. Mm-hmm. Besides, it would be nice to have the leisure to do all the things I never have time to do as a hardworking girl. For two weeks, I would live in the glorious illusion that I was rich and just stayed at home. The last week at the office wasn't uh, a bit like the usual last week before leaving for the annual holiday. Uh, there were no frantic last-minute shopping belts, no buying new bathing suits, uh, and no uh, no buying new uh, travel supplies. Um, this is so wonderful. I thought here I am on my holidays and I haven't spent a penny, no rush, no packing, no wondering if my room will get the afternoon or morning sun or whether the bed will be lumpy, whether there'll be millions of mosquitoes. Wonderful. Everyone said, Oh, you're so lucky. You're going to have such a lovely time. The weather's going to be wonderful. Uh, and you're going to have the best holiday ever. turns out she didn't have the best holiday ever. Uh, and this Uh, to me, is a story about the uh, the dangers of a staycation. Oh. So the uh, what is actually a three-full-page article goes on to say, uh, in her two weeks, uh, it rained the whole time, uh, but she didn't care because she was saving money. Uh, during that time, she cleaned her entire bedroom, fixed all her clothes, and knitted a jumper. And then uh, her family realised that she's at home and started getting her to do jobs. They didn't understand that she was on a holiday. She was trying to set a boundary there. She's like, no, I'm actually just having a relax. And they're like, no, you're just sitting around the house so you can actually – and they gave her a whole list of chores oh. to do. Uh, started the second week, she got bored and called into work being like, what's going on? And just got the work gossip. 
Uh, second week, her retired neighbor realized she was on holiday and took every opportunity to talk to her nonstop. This is my favorite quote. It's bad enough to have him sit next to me on the ferry all the year round and tell me about his tomato plants, his petunias and views of the current political situation. So he knew she was on holiday. So he bailed her up every time she left the house just for a chat. Uh, and then, uh, three days before the end of her holiday, her two annoying aunts heard she was on holiday and came to stay and they stayed in her room. So she had to stay on a camp stretcher in the lounge room, which then broke. Um, and the aunts recite poetry nonstop in the middle of the night. So in the end, she went back to work strung out, exhausted, but said that the money she saved will go towards her next holiday, 300 miles from my hometown. Oh, well, I guess you you live and learn. Exactly right. A few things there. Mm. I'm fascinated by the idea of a staycation. I love a staycation. Okay, we need to talk that through. And then secondly, being too agreeable. Like if you're a bit of a bitch, Mm. um, maybe less people want to hang out and Mm -hmm. spoil your staycation. Absolutely. But, I mean, there's costs and benefits to that, isn't there? For me, uh, it is about – and this was more – I feel like this is more a conversation starter piece than an Mm. educational research piece. Great, I love that. Yeah, but what I was thinking when I – and what really struck me is – saving money always comes at a cost. Oh, it does. Mm. It does. Mm. Because, you know, even if you're on a night out with mates, right, and you choose not to drink or let's whatever mm. or not, you're not going to eat mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't have the same experience of the night as your mates do. Exactly right. And that makes it harder for you. It just mm-hmm. does. You mm-hmm. either feel left out or you're hungry or, you know, you've got to answer some questions and it becomes a bit weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, bit. Yeah, it is hard to to still have fun and save money. Exactly. And if she had spent that money and gone somewhere else uh, away from her family and away from – I think – for me, mm. I think the holiday is like love a staycation but the best thing about a holiday is you just go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, like even like I went to Blue yeah. Mountains the other weekend. It's just like you become a different person. Well, you do. <laughs> and and it, you know what's I, – I used to try and write a bit about this, about mm. how far, though, do you have to go? Because, like, I'm the same person in Braidwood from Canberra, for example, which is only about, like, 50 kilometres away. Mm-hmm. But if I go to Rome, I'll eat bread every meal. Like, you know? like overseas Rome? <laughs> yeah. Or is that, I was yeah. going to be like, is that a suburb overseas of Canberra? Rome, yeah, you know? Great. Like, so the further away I go, the freer I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And – I also think about her though, the idea the idea about a staycation is that you you change your life in the place that you live, okay? I think that's I th- and I think that's where she went wrong. That's right because she mm-hmm. had no control over her life. She mm-hmm. was living with her family. Mm-hmm. And they all started being assholes to her. Mm-hmm. What a pain. But also you can imagine being like the parent and being like she's literally has done nothing all day, oh, but she's having a holiday, so I'll oh, like you man. can see kind of both sides. I think she my my honest opinion is she should have gone. Even she though she have. lives, as she says, literally right on the beach. Yeah. That is some premium real estate. It sure as hell is. Was she Sydney or do we know? Uh, I guess it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't say. It doesn't but, say. I mean, for me, the seaside in Melbourne is not the seaside. That's true. It's just a, a gross port. It does say a surf beach, so a surf beach. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately lost anyone in, in I the I know, 3, sorry. 000, in the but, 3, I mean, it's a fact. Yeah. It is a fact. Mm. Oh, yeah. But also, like, I feel... <laughs> I feel like if you live by the beach, the beach becomes your every day and then like a, like like the mountains or like, yeah. I don't know, somewhere else becomes, yeah. I don't know, you just, you always, yeah, you don't grass see. is always green. Well, actually, the more you see something, it becomes invisible. So mm. like it's the same reason like you could actually walk through your lounge room, you know, with your eyes closed in the dark and not mm. probably hit anything. As I often do. Yeah, well, b- you know, and like living with a person, you can live with someone for decades 
and just literally you don't see them anymore. Yeah. You know? Wow. Because, well, you know, mm. that's what happens. Mm. It's not good. You've got to work mm. on that shit. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess for me the equivalent is like I don't, I don't clock ibises when I see them anymore. Don't you? No. They're not a thing. Whereas I look at them and I'm like, fuck, that's weird. That's just wandering around. It's a huge dinosaur-like <laughs> waiting bird and they're everywhere. Like I, I have close encounters with them daily and I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. Have I told you about the ibis and cat that are friends? No. There's a um, a ginger cat that doesn't have a tail that's friends with an ibis in my neighbourhood and they oh, hang wow. out. Do they? Yeah. They walk around together? Yeah. Gosh. I wonder if they communicate somehow. Uh, well, I mean. Unless you're watching them all the time, you can't know. Yeah, no, that's true. But I just find that very charming. It is charming. I mean, sometimes I'll just see one on the roof of a garage or something. I'm like, what are you doing up there, man? They're very big and smelly. Yeah. But aren't we all? <laughs> um, I think um, I, I can relate to coming back from a holiday feeling strung out like she does. Like, you know, she's like, I ended the two weeks and I'm just exhausted and stressed. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, you've probably been on more like, well, you're a sort of parent. Do you ever go on those holidays that just end up being more stressful than if you'd have just stayed at home? Oh, no. I've always enjoyed holidays, mm. to be honest. And right. most parent friends of mine that I've known mm. describe, like, how different they feel on holidays, mm. even with their partner of many, many years. You've got that great bit that I love from, which bit? from maybe Big Hair, Big Dreams, yeah. which is, like, if I, I want to come back from a vacation, be like, oh, I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'll yeah. butcher this. But, like, you come back from a vacation, the vacation, it's like, oh, I'm so grateful to be home, so grateful, <laughs> so grateful to be home. And you're like, no. Nah, I want to um, come home and be like, oh, this, this place is a shithole. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's about people who go camping, coming home and feeling grateful. But I want to come home from a holiday and go, well, this place is a shithole. I hate yeah. my life because that means you've had a really good holiday. Yeah. I do like luxury, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm. and I'm not going to apologise for it because mm. I can't really afford it anymore. Yeah, exactly So if right. I get it, I'm mm. having it. Thanks, that's mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. What's your favourite thing on a holiday? What is the thing you look for the most on holidays? As an outdoorsy person, I enjoy like the outdoorsy mm. sort of side. A of big hike somewhere. Cause, yeah, because can... I live in an apartment in the in a city. Yeah. It's like if I the second I have like space and greenery around me, I'm just like that's what I'm looking forward yep. to the most. Like I mean, but I suppose you and I like we live quite stri- like comedians do. We don't really take holidays because whenever we travel, it's it like, always feels it's like Linux head. It's yeah. like that, for all intents and purposes, it was such a great trip. Holiday, we're working every night. And so it's not you, – you never switch off because when you have a gig that night, it's kind of like, okay, I've got a gig tonight. Yeah. And, like, that's – even if it's, like – even if you're doing, like, 10 minutes or whatever. But it's, like um, – yeah, I think I look forward to to, to outdoorsy stuff. Mm. Um, I love the feeling of waking up and having nothing specific on. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I agree it's hard to find – a time to totally turn off mm. because you're always thinking about your next show and how you haven't fucking written it yet. Mm. And in fact, that time when you feel the peak anxiety about that is around summertime because the f- March is the beginning of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I don't think we had a summer last because I think we were both just like yeah. really strung out about our shows. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. But think I've I been went... like that for three years. I didn't since go I've to been the doing... beach. I don't think last yeah. summer. I, I've been. Yeah, I, I. I would like to remedy that. You know, let's. You know what we should do this summer is yep. make a bucket list. Yep. Like get some um, some coloured um, textures yep. and write a big 
bucket list. Yeah, of nice things to do mm. as if we are holiday people. Yeah, yeah. As if, but as if we're like 10-year-old kids. You know totally. how kids used to write like summer oh, thing? Oh, absolutely. I would like that because otherwise I'll while away the summer just writing one joke every fucking 10 days <laughs> and hating myself. <laughs> No, but then you see online people being like, oh, my God, like I've got uh, a two-hour trial show because I've written so much yeah, material. Yeah, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> don't you have a life or friends? Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't, but um, <laughs> I'm also not productive. I hear some people do. Um, so um, so my my message to um, Betty, and I, yeah. I'm sure Betty's not still with us at this point. Cause I'm it's, pretty it was sure she'd be gone. 90 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that uh, take the fucking holiday. Mm. Literally love yourself enough to put aside whatever the money is that you're going to do. Um, deal with the stressful train ride because when you get there, you will be a different person. Yeah, it's so true. Mm. It's so true. There's nothing like walking down the street in an unknown town to you. When I love that. You can, it is good. Mm. It is good. But I do like to have someone to go with, to be honest. Oh, I guess she would have been going by herself. I'm not she doesn't to, mention. I'm not used to going to things by myself. Mm. I um, say I love being by myself. You'd, yeah, you're good at it. I mm. admire that. Mm. I do admire it. Mm. Holidays by yourself? Have you done them? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty thong. Mm. Um, I was I, talking to someone who was who takes like four days and takes themselves off. Love that. To a writing, just to do writing or just to have a holiday by themselves. And big I was fan. like, fuck, that sounds really grown up. I would do that for sure. I know you would. Whereas I'd be like, who wants to come? <laughs> Maybe we could do a summer writer's retreat. I would love that. And write one joke a day. One joke a day, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Drink mimosas. Totally. I'm down for that. Great. Let's put that in the bucket list. Yeah, it's in the bucket list, yeah. All right, well, tell us what's on your bucket list and pants moment. Pants moment, Sarah. Uh, Mine's very minor, I think. I was actually thinking this on the way here. Mine's very minor. I um, uh, was at a party on the weekend I started in the afternoon and it hit six o'clock and I was like, I want to go home. And so I just said bye to everyone and they were just like, oh, where are you going? What do you got on? I'm just like, I'm just going home. That's brilliant. And then I literally got chicken and went home and had like a little me night because I'm just like, I don't – and it was was such a lovely um, party but after two and a half hours, I socially, I was just tapped out and I was kind of thinking, oh, oh, I think I could probably go now. And I'm just – I don't stay places that I don't want to be anymore. Mm. Like I think five years ago I would have been like, oh, no, it's rude to leave. But now I'm just like, I've had a great time. Thank you for having me. Oh, I love that. Mm. Just control of your own destiny, mate. That's exactly right. Like you don't need to stay places to be polite. Yeah, Except love that. probably like weddings, I guess. Like you can't just leave a wedding. Yeah. I you probably could actually. You probably could. Mm. What's your pants moment? I guess I'm filming my show and I really wanted to do that mm. and that – to me is a good way to use the material, you know, online that I, you know, rather than just saying, oh, well, those jokes are dead now and mm. no one will ever hear them again, you know. Yep. It's a good, so I'm kind of happy about getting that sorted. Of course. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that'll probably be done by the time this comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, no, it won't. It'll be won't? coming. No, oh. your show will be. Okay. Well, if you're in Newcastle, please, mm. for the love of all that is decent in the world. <laughs> What's the date, time, location? It's the 22nd of July. It's a Saturday, 6 p.m. at the Newcastle Comedy Club. Just uh, look up my Instagram or our Instagram and find me and it'll be in my link tree. 
It's, um, you know, 28 bucks for a ticket. I'll, I'll give it all away for free anyway online Don't down the track. Pay so, if you have money. Pay so s- pay for pay the, to see comedy. Yeah, pay, for, pay to see the comedy and then I'll give it away later. Yep. Be part of the solution, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Help me pay my, uh, my rent. Well, we're obsessed with you. Thank you for yeah. listening. And uh, that's I think that's, that's a wrap on that's today. A, what, what is it that you say? I think that's about the uh, that's about the sum of it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahweatherpants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahweatherpants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.